0: Welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast, my name is Conor his name is Chris Marler, Chris, I have announcements announcement to make. Oh boy. Yeah, start. We're, we're coming in hot, got an announcement, just want to get this out there, it's January and I am already beyond sick of the Josh Allen hype. Yeah. It is absurd.
1: So, no one, I mean, you
0: had a great article today. Thank you very much. Shameless plug. I didn't even have to do it. Appreciate no, that. That's what we're
1: here for. Um, great article. I, I read it today. And, yeah, like I think you spoke for a lot of people. But I'm sure a, lot, a whole bunch of other people don't even know who this guy is.
0: So that's the thing. You know, Josh Allen comes out of Wyoming, um, uh, played in the Senior Bowl, and, and played well in the second half. I'm going to give him credit for doing that. Um, played well down the stretch and impressed a lot of people. Had a very up-and-down week at practice. And I was very curious what people were going to say because he right. is one of those guys that looks really good when he's good and looks terrible when he's bad. And I know that sounds weird to say about a college kid because a lot of kids are like that, but
1: Mel Kuyper's got kind of him number one overall. Number one. First off, Cleveland deserves to take him. I'll just they go do. ahead and say that. He yep. he is he is a college kicker in quarterback form. I like that. It's, it's crazy to me. Like, he has all the measurements – Fantastic. So did Ryan Leaf. So did Tim Couch. So did I. All right, we're not going to get into that tonight, but I mean, yeah, I could have been an All-American. Sure. Uh, I have huge hands. How big are your hands? I, that sounded weird. Like, I was, like, bragging about it, like, kind of like Trump. It was a sick brag. I have was small hands, I have, and they're actually pretty brittle because I broke the outside bone in both of them. Ooh. So I have, yeah, I, I don't have great hands. In hindsight, I really wish I didn't bring that up. Uh, as an attribute, but no, so his, like the biggest part of his hype, and he was hyped up before the season. Right, absolutely. Is his his measurements and his hand size. Then you pointed out, and and I did like a deep dive on like some research, you know, basically just trying to (laughs) discredit this kid, which I feel bad about, but um, you had the best stat out of all, and I kind of want to save it, because I went through looking at his stats, he played at Wyoming in the Mountain West Conference.
0: Nothing against the Mountain West, but no, something against the the Mountain West. It's just not the SEC. Let's be honest. No, it's not the Big Ten. It's not the Pac-12. It's not the ACC. It's not the Big Twelve. Right. It's the Mountain West.
1: It's not like there haven't been, or there have been like a surplus of incredible quarterbacks coming out of the SEC, just lighting up the NFL. I think we all agree with that. Um, And it's not to say that you can't be. You know, Carson Wentz, of course, is is
0: an FCS quarterback and. And and does well, but Carson Wentz lit it up in college. Right, Josh Allen didn't light it up in right. college,
1: and so he went to the, he was in the Mountain West, which again, like not hating on that. Fun fact about the Mountain West: uh, they were ranked going into the twenty seventeen NFL season, they were ranked ninth in conferences or divisions, um, in terms of NFL players from that conference. The SEC was first with four hundred ninety two. The Mountain West was ninth, okay, okay. Fun with fact hundred and twenty eight. The reason okay. why that's bad that put them one behind the entire division 2 Ugh. division 2 yeah so larger larger sample size but i get what you're saying right and it'd be it'd be one thing yeah sure larger sample size but less recruiting less visibility um, it'd be one thing if he was lighting it up which he kind of did i guess his junior year when he had i guess when he came on the scene he had 3200 yards passing he also led the mountain west in interceptions that year with 15 True. So, every every single statistical category he had went down this year from last year. He threw for fourteen hundred less yards. He only had sixteen passing touchdowns, and you hit the nail on the head: six point seven yards per attempt.
0: And and so I get that guys have have down years as seniors. You know, Dan Marino had a down year as a senior, of course, and that kind of hurt his draft stock. But we're talking about a guy who struggled. Against the Mountain West, we're talking about a guy who played three games against Power Five competition. What did he do in those three games? You ask. He threw eight interceptions. He averaged four point four yards per attempt, and his team was outscored one hundred and twenty-five to thirty-three. I'm and just he had saying, one touchdown. Hear, one touchdown, right? One.
1: And so, that's and you it. look at those games because that's really what you're going to be, you know, judged off of when you play in that kind of that kind of conference. You go back to like the the stat about yards per attempt, six point seven yards per attempt. Do you know what that ranked in the Mountain West this year? Not high. Tenth. Not high at all. Tenth. Oh. There are 11 teams in the Mountain West. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, like going with like your argument, like well, he didn't have a lot of talent around him. Maybe he got sacked a lot. Maybe he didn't feel good in the pocket. His team gave up, or his offensive line gave up 22 sacks. That's 60th in the country, right in the middle. One behind Alabama. So it wasn't like he was yeah. running for his life the whole time. Um, and then you go to those games against Power 5 teams, not just like where he was, you know, not used to the speed or had like an off day. One touchdown and eight interceptions in three games. And then you're talking about games like against Oregon, which was a home game, by the way. Right. At Wyoming. He went 9 of 19 for like 64 yards. It's
0: bad. And I watched that Iowa game from start to finish. The season opening game, I was expe- I was ready to get on the Josh Allen hype train. I was like, this kid's going to be legit. To be honest, I, I might actually be a little bit biased towards small school kids. My brother played division 1 baseball at a at a smaller school right, and yeah, I really it. wanted him. Yeah, yeah, sick brag. And I wanted him to go pro, so I, you know, I like the, you know, the smaller D1 programs right. and watching these kids kind of rise through the ranks and overcome that adversity. All that's all well and good. Come on, though. like you, you got to earn it. You can't just be big.
1: I feel like to, No, we to all love Rudy, him, but Rudy was offsides. It's called it what it is. Rudy went to play the NCC.
0: Rudy got a great jump. Oh, he read the go. snap count perfectly okay. and sure. got to the quarterback. That's, I mean, that's what scout team guys do. Just <laughs>
1: Fair. All right. But anyway, I lost you on that one. Regardless, he was atrocious against those teams. I remember, like, this is a deep cut, but when Ron Dane won the Heisman, now, as a Bama fan, I thought Sean Alexander should have got more love than he did. Ron Dane, I remember going into that year. He had just crazy numbers. Like, he was averaging like over 180 yards a game or something like that rushing. He's a four year starter. Right. But he's putting up numbers against, like, Hawaii, like, 300 yards rushing, like, just crazy stats like that. He didn't have over 50 yards rushing against any of the big three teams in the Big Ten. That was, like, a real stat. This guy has one 300 yard game his senior year. Do you know who it came against? I'm going to guess, like, um, oh, what's, what's a good one? idaho state uh no that not that powerhouse gardner webb oh gardner webb that's his only 300 yard passing game in the year it's it's
0: bad and so i don't want to be the guy who falls in love with college stats because i know nfl draft evaluators hate the beat reporters who just keep throwing out college stats all the time they say it's not just about stats it's not just about stats i get that but <laughs> to compare him to matthew stafford Here's a little yep. here's a little comparison. Matthew Stafford, you know, number one pick out of Georgia. Uh, that's the the comp that that uh, Mel Kiper threw out there, of course. Um, and Matthew Stafford, in his college career, played against 16 top 25 teams. Right. He played at Georgia. Dude was going against top 25 teams week in week out. Right. He is way more battle tested than anything that that Josh Allen has ever done. I get that Josh Allen goes to the Senior Bowl. He flashes his big arm, his big hands. Big old hands. His hands are, they're huge. I mean, they're like 10, they're like almost 11 inches. They're like massive, yeah. big mittens. Um, and, you know, Mike Mayock starts comparing him to Carson Wentz. And I'm just Which thinking you brought myself, the reason why.
1: Oh, it's, it's a lazy it's comparison it's because. It's lazy.
0: Tell, tell them what it is. So, you know, Craig Bowl, of course, was. Everyone a coach. knows him. Everybody knows him. At, well, back in back in my Nebraska days, people know uh, people know Craig Bowl a little bit around the neck of the woods. He actually went to Nebraska, but okay. you know, coached. At, he coached at North Dakota State, right? And then, of course, goes to Wyoming. He actually only coached at North Dakota State, where Carson Wentz uh, where Carson Wentz played. Uh, he coached there before Carson Wentz became a starter. Right. So you know, throw that out there. Then he went to Wyoming in 2015. So of course, you know, same region of the country. You know, similar coach. They both play in a pro style system. They're both big guys. Uh, with with big arms from small schools, and they can move a little bit. That's that's the comp. I get that. Carson Wentz won one, like just flat out one. We're right. talking about a guy who bragged about putting Wyoming on his back, and Wyoming was 7-5. and five.
1: Hold on, hold on, like, hold on. He said that out loud? Oh, yeah. First oh, off, no yeah, one's yeah. ever said I put Wyoming on my back. That's a ridiculous, God, I hope there's somebody like a rapper with like a mixtape out there somewhere if that said that. Um uh, I think it's a pretty cool line
0: though. No, it's I not. I think no, it's not for a rapper. Yeah, I put my Wyoming on my back. Like if I was from, yeah, if I was from. If you China, were from,
1: yeah, if you were from there, and then we wouldn't be doing this podcast because we would, I mean, have nothing in common. That's true. I mean, that's a good point. I'm just saying, like, I'm not hating on the like the northwest of the United States because great right? region, beautiful region. Sure, sure it is. Um, I'm just saying, like, do we need two Dakotas? Do we need two of them? We barely need one. I think. Nah, eh, we need two. Okay, well, we we'll just to. move on from that. Regardless. The Wentz thing, yeah, you're right. He's a winner. Like, I would take Carson Wentz with a torn ACL over this kid immediately. Immediately. Yeah. It's it's rough. And, and the
0: hype train is only just beginning. That's the thing is we got three more months to this. We're going to have to evaluate everything the this mock guy drafts. says. All the mock drafts. We're going to throw him in there in the, in the top six. And it's more of just a problem of, like, what the quarterback evaluation process has become. Right. It's almost like... What you do in college just does not matter when it comes to to evaluating guys. I mean, I love Baker Mayfield. I love Lamar Jackson because I've been seeing these guys do it game in, right. game out. I've seen them do it in electric. That's that's the best word for them, electric. That's what we try and be each and every podcast, electric. Yeah. Um, if Josh Allen it, grabbed his crotch for a game, I'd probably like him better. I'll just be honest. That'd be a pretty electric thing to do, and yeah. based on the way that he kind of speaks, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to, to say that he's going to definitely do that in his career, but it wouldn't
1: surprise well, me if it happened. Speaking to your point about like the evaluation of quarterbacks, because it is, it's crazy. Like, this is not the greatest quarterback class. I feel like I don't think Darnold's that great. Um, I mean, a lot of kids have a lot of the physical tools, yeah, yeah, but a lot of flaws. And right. what's crazy about it is. Even with all of the -the over-the-top evaluation and, like, you know, one kid has great arm talent, maybe he's not tall enough. Or one kid has, like, all the physical traits, like like Allen has, like, the big hand size, but, you know, he doesn't have, like, the the college resume. Regardless of that, they're still going to take him. And even worse, they're not going to, like, give him any time to develop in the NFL. Exactly. They're going to throw him right into the fire. The last quarterback that really got, like, to sit behind and watch, like, a starter go out... And, and he waited and learned the offense and learned, like, how to be a professional was Aaron Rodgers. He sat there yeah. behind Brett Favre, and how did that work out? And, that, and go figure, Josh Allen compared himself to Aaron Rodgers last Unbelievable. week. Unbelievable. <laughs> but Cleveland, like, again, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Cleveland, who has the first and fourth pick, didn't take two quarterbacks. Do you think they're going to take two? I, I mean, no, because that would be stupid, but it's also Cleveland. So, yeah, that's what they do. Like yeah, that's true. They have they've had more quarterbacks. I mean, they drafted Manziel. They had Tim Cal. Cow- I mean, j- shoot, just bring Bernie Kosar back.
0: We'll uh, we'll transition into something that I actually do want to watch, um, which is not more Josh Allen this is draft tape. Uh, well, you know, something else, kind of similar to that. Not really. Actually, the exact opposite. Fair. The XFL is back. It is coming back in 2020. Everybody is excited. Johnny Manziel is excited. Your dad's excited. Your mom's excited. Maybe, maybe not. Vince McMahon comes comes back with this big announcement, they saying totally that he's going to redeem brained. yourself. Yes, I love it. I'm excited for it. You know, he comes he comes out and says that. You know, surprisingly though, that no player with a criminal record is going to play. So this isn't going to oh, be for last one. chance. You Oh for one Vince. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, ruling out a, a big potential demographic that he could be working with yeah. here. Don't know if Vince is gonna stick to that. Every other nice quarterback
1: within the last decade.
0: Yeah, that uh that's gonna rule out a lot of guys. Yeah. A lot of guys are gonna be pretty ineligible. We're gonna see what kind of, you know, criminal record it can imply a lot of different things. Well he has it it you it sounds
1: like, like what they're trying to do is capitalize off of what the NFL did such a poor job of this year, which was you know they're not going to have any political statements you will like stand for the anthem which i think 95% of people would agree like yes that's that's like at the very least it's a distraction i don't want to see anymore in football games
0: i think there's a lot of people that would yeah i mean like no matter what you believe necessarily on that issue itself i think people are just fatigued about the right. issue like in itself and i think like that's what he's he's trying to market towards right yeah. but mean, it's
1: also like the XFL before was like, oh man, we're gonna have a wrestling and football. Like, yep, I'm in, I'm in. But this is like, I thought the NFL was like the no fun league. They're they're not gonna have a halftime, and there there's no criminal record. Um, what's the other big one they had? Uh, one of the other rules they had was I think it's only ten games. They're all gonna be under two hours, and they'll have a four team playoff. Yep. Um. I, like, some of the players I want most to be in this league have, have great criminal records. Oh, fantastic. Lengthy Detailed. criminal records. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This just sounds like, like, I get what he's doing. It's, it's brilliant. And we're all going to watch it. Oh, absolutely. He's going to put but it on in, like, it. right after the draft from, like, in the summertime. And everyone's going to watch it. Um, but I think he like, kind of missed the boat in terms of, like, trying to, I guess, like, compete with the NFL in terms of, like, giving the like, fans, like, something totally different. This sounds like a watered-down right. league. It could be,
0: and it could end up being like that. But it's not going to be watered down if he takes our suggestions with these rules. Rather, your suggestions. You came up with a lot of rules yeah. for this league. You're just you're speaking into Vince McMahon's ear right now. You're saying, Vince, I've got your solution. I know how you're going to get this league to survive more than a season. Right. Chris Marler, give me your rules for this, this new XFL.
1: Okay. First off, all field goals have to be kicked uh like Shawn michaels doing sweet chin music if you don't watch wrestling you won't get it if you do beautiful basically he's gonna do like a roundhouse kick like above his head and that has to be how all field goals are attempted in this league also concussion protocol very important this day and age we're gonna go with what i call the mike leach rule which is literally you will stand in a shed of shame on the practice
0: field my man mike leach i don't know he, he's he's gonna fight you on that one he's gonna well i mean he
1: already did it so it's fine um yeah it's true Defenders, anybody playing defense, you are allowed to use tables, ladders, and or chairs, but only in overtime.
0: I like overtime needs needs a makeover. Well, I think college does it right. yeah, NFL, the NFL overtime does overtime, is overtime wrong. so I, I, I like that idea. I'm on board with with reshaping the identity of overtime, making it a little this is the XFL. It's got to be extreme
1: to a certain extent right, right? Exactly. Um, and there's nothing extreme about having the overtime where whoever scores a touchdown first, game over. Especially in Boring. the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, coin tosses, obviously going to be arm wrestling contests. Okay. There's that. Well, they, they did
0: do... Okay, so if you... I mean, I know you remember this, because if you are if you live through the XFL era, you know that steal the bacon was like all Ugh. the rage. Yeah. It was the real deal. Everybody was so excited for it. It was maybe the best part of the game. Probably. The problem was
1: that like, four guys got injured doing it in the first two weeks. Yeah, uh, not (laughs) that they didn't think it through. It seemed like a good idea. Uh, basically just, like, put a ball in the very middle of the field and then just have, like, a battle royale between two people. Um, no holds barred on that. I would say, Yeah. yeah, definitely cut away from that. Um, also, steroids and intoxication. That's, that should be encouraged. Like, and I'm specifically saying for coaches. It's the same as, like, you know, when I do comedy, like, Four beer Chris, a little bit funnier than no beer Chris. Same as when I dance. Six Chardonnay Chris, a lot better dancer than no Chardonnay Chris. That's a lot of Chardonnay. That's a lot of Chardonnay. It's probably too much, but. Six. Just yeah. Maybe two Chardonnays for him. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, the Super Bowl must be in a cage match yeah okay this this is that's number one Really, that's like the real
0: one that he could take because you mean to tell me that vince mcmahon doesn't know a guy who can make a cage that's 120 yards and and put it over a field like yeah come on like that 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 wouldn't be an i know the cameras angles would be a little bit tough and because it's a cage you needed to have a certain height so the guys can throw and kick field goals and do all that stuff nope but challenge no, him. i'm okay yeah i'm i'm on board with that too i mean to just Totally change the entire complexity of the game right. in the Super Bowl. Um, make it more extreme. Yeah, why See,
1: not? Tom Brady cheese his way out of that. Uh, 12th man rule, personal favorite here. Once a game, just like now when you have like the red challenge flag, you can use a couple times a game. The 12th man rule, once a game, you can have a player unexpectedly enter from the sidelines during the middle that of the play. That would be... During the middle of a play. Yeah. So... Does
0: he have to be a designated player? Like, do you have to say before the game, nope. he is going to be our
1: 12th psycho who's just going to run on the field? First and off, love make the name. Love the name on that. But yeah. I mean, no, let's just, I mean, like you imagine coming up to the line and you're like checking off like red 80, hot route, hot route. And once you like figure out who the mic is, 58's the mic. All of a sudden 57 is coming in from the water cooler directly at your left.
0: So here's how that would go down. And don't get me wrong, I'm on board with this idea. I think it's a great idea. It would be a little bit like the Mike Tomlin thing where you'd yes. be on the sideline and then a guy would try and like trip him, or he would just like come in off the sideline as a guy's breaking away for a touchdown right. and then he would just deck him. You know, he'd so you take to he'd run like it on like two hours
1: before the play.
0: I think you'd maybe need to make some sort of pre-play or pre-game announcement just so that that guy could be wearing a jersey and it would actually be Smart. pretty electric because if you just throw like a different color jersey on him and he's running up and down the sideline and you never know when he's going to come in oh, he can just yeah. come in at any given point yeah i i oh, would watch yes.
1: that that's that's great theater. that's incredible. board okay yeah. um yeah that's brilliant we actually might want to write that one down yeah. um and then last but not least uh scheduling there's no scheduling Every Monday, you have your press conference, all of a sudden, in the middle of it, glass breaks, Stone Cold Steve Austin walks in, and then just before he gives you the stunner, tells you completely by surprise where your team's going. It could be a Thursday night game. It could be a Sunday afternoon game. You have no idea. You could be in uh, just a Royal Rumble with all 10 teams. You don't know.
0: Yeah, I think, I think that's... I see no logistical issues with that whatsoever. Whatsoever. Nope. Yeah. Everything hey. was
1: very well thought out, and it just kind of planned perfectly.
0: Yeah. As so Vince, Vince, we know you're listening. So just you know, hit us back. We'll take any royalty checks that you want to give us for, for planning, whatever. That's fine. So we know the rules now, right? Do we know? But we need to figure out the players. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have. This is an SEC podcast. We are gonna have an XFL draft with only former SEC players. So excited. So, now we, we, we need to make a, a quick rule here at the top because I think everybody would be quick to snag up Johnny Manziel or Tim Tebow. For the sake of this draft, let's rule them out. Let's assume that they're already on a team. They're probably just going to be the two captains of the league eventually, right. and they're just going to be picking teams like left and right. That's another idea for you, Vince. Uh, write that down, too. Um, but for now, we're going to leave them out, and we'll just do our draft. We're going to alternate. So, me... Being gracious unto you. No, you go I'm first. To, oh, you're going to give me first. Okay. Because I've
1: been overthinking this all day.
0: Well, I've, I've, I've underthought it. So, um, But I still feel really good about okay. my team. So, with the first pick of the SDS podcast, XFL draft, I'm taking the man, the myth, the legend, Herschel Walker.
1: Okay. That that's dude, brilliant. Yeah.
0: Okay. He can bring it. He's still doing. He still does like 1,500 push-ups a day, 2,000 sit-ups a day. Okay, like, by the way, that's weights. a totally
1: ridiculous number of push-ups to do in a single day. And he does it like every day. That's what he's been doing since high school. That's his thing. I did the elliptical for like 12 minutes earlier. I'm dead. Yeah. So, I mean, guess, guess that's why I'm not the number one pick. That's smart, He's 55 though.
0: years old. He's 55. But I think he could still bring it. I Every time I see that guy, I'm like, yeah, he could rip off 100 tomorrow. So, yeah, that's not even far fetched. Walker Yeah, no. On my team. Your okay. pick. Okay.
1: Um, I'm going to start at quarterback. Because the whole point was they have to be realistically eligible in 2020.
0: Yes, I should have prefaced that as well at the top. Somebody that you think could actually, like, play in this league in 2020. Which is why Herschel Walker's an incredible pick.
1: I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Wow. Boom. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. And he's going to play kicker still, because I'm I'm still hell-bent on that. But he's also going to be quarterback.
0: Man. So... Is he gonna have to pick up the position again or it depends he... on his hand
1: size. Like that's really what it comes down to. What if he's got 10 inch hands? I mean, I guess I would take him first and second, to be honest. I guess that's why you took him first, is because you probably know he's got big hands. Okay.
0: That's a good pick. I like that. I think he's gonna be available in 2020. Love Jalen Hurts as a college quarterback, but the XFL, you know, yeah. give him a call. Boom. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually stick with the with the Bulldogs here. Or the dogs, I should say. I'm gonna go Heinz Ward. What? Heinz Ward? Yeah. No, no, no. One of the people forget. Heinz Ward might have had a smile on his face all the time. That dude was dirty. Yeah. He was dirty. He's also he in really in the bad XFL. shape. No, he's fine. He's always been a little bit on the you know the fluffier side. But if, no. if you tell me Heinz Ward could could easily, if you said I'm going to give you six months, go get in shape, I think he's still able to do that. He played late into his career. I feel like he would be able to go out and catch some passes for me. You know, I, I know that he's not necessarily in the best shape right now, but right. the league starts in 2020. Okay. He's got time. Hit the diet. He's going to
1: be fine. I feel like you're one for two on your picks. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. Um, right. Let's see here. Second pick overall. DJ... Fourth pick overall. All
0: right. Yeah. Your second pick.
1: Um, I'm going to go DJ Swearinger. Oh, okay. Because he's getting a little bit older and like late in his career. I think this could be like one of those like where if he's a free agent... You know, he, he could be poached. But DJ Swearinger, when he played at South Carolina, was one of the scariest safeties and hard-hitting players I've ever seen in the league. I wanted to go Rolando yeah. McLean, but he just keeps adding to his criminal record.
0: Um, yeah, he's not getting it. Like, it's like There's an IMDB
1: no page. You just got to knock that off, man. Um, yeah. So I got I got DJ Swearinger being the, uh, the captain of my defense.
0: I like that. I'm going to go with the captain of my defense now. I'm going to go with Gerard Mayo um out of Tennessee good pick people uh people kind of forget that his career ended a little bit early won a couple Super Bowls in New England he's only 31 right now what
1: that's what I am yeah
0: I, I know so he if you can play in the XFL he can play in the XFL basically that's I mean so yeah
1: I don't think I could right now I'm recording this like in a fort so it's like you know he's doing better I think but I like the challenge yeah. ahead of but I mean he's, he's career in it a couple
0: years ago i think he could play so he's captain of my defense
1: all right well i'm about to just um again own you in this draft uh trent richardson oh that's a good one he was on my list of alternates yeah he was he on your alternate my cut, list i know i know i understand that he was a giant bust in the nfl and i understand that you're gonna think i'm being biased as a bama fan it no, makes no all. sense to me that he was not a legitimate nfl running back Yeah, you and, like, 80 billion other people,
0: Browns fans, Colts fans.
1: I mean, like, he was so good in college, and I feel like he's definitely going to still be in shape. Um, And if you're playing against, like, you know, below-average tackling defenders, he could be a monster in this league. Yeah, he squats, like, 600 pounds, too, so...
0: Yeah. I think he'd be... Yeah, I, I took Herschel number one overall. I can't, you know, I can't have my my guys fighting over the rock. I would take Herschel over over Trent. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. All right, my last and final pick, and you know where I'm going with this because I need a quarterback on my team. I can't have, you know, as much as it, I'd be tempted to just give the ball to Herschel every single time. I'm going Swag Kelly. Oh, that's a great pick, Chad Kelly, Mister Irrelevant. Is my Mister Irrelevant, but he's also relevant. Guy who can stretch the field, Man. he belongs in the XFL. Yes, I know he does. the Broncos have him on their active roster and all that stuff. At least last time I checked, he was still on the active roster. Um, but Chad <sighs> Kelly would make a great living in the XFL. I am so and disappointed The criminal record, he got he got that charge dropped, so he got the charge, the criminal charge when he dismissed. He fought those people at a high school football game while he was in college. No, not that. The um, the jumping the bouncers at the club yeah. back in like 2014. He's a last chance you guy, but like. I
1: last in the I, I think Chad Kelly Okay,
0: exactly. So why oh, so Kelly completes my team? You know what's sad I, is I, I, I had Bo
1: Wallace off. written down. Ooh, I don't know what I was thinking. a yeah, um,
0: different almost quarterback.
1: Okay, so my last pick. This is a tough one for me. Um, it was between two people, Makai Brown. Oh, that's good. Or who I'm actually going to go with on here, Ed Orgeron. Now here's what? why. Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just first off, give me a minute. Orgeron, there's no chance he's not going to be on the hot seat at LSU by 2020. There's 0% chance. Also, there's no chance he would turn down playing football and getting to hit people. He'd probably do it without a helmet or even without, like, a shirt. Orgeron's crazy. That's actually correct. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I feel like he would jump at the chance. It would be a great, great PR move. Um make huge waves, let Orgeron go out there and play middle linebacker or D end. Think about that.
0: I'm, I'm thinking, but here, here's the, the counter argument I would make to that. He might be on the hot seat at LSU, but if he leaves LSU, you know that guy is just going to get an interim job, take over, just dominate somewhere like West Virginia or something like that. And he's going to make his way around the country and yeah. pick up a different interim tag in each Power Five conference, and he's just going to do that until the day he dies. So, so maybe
1: Mackay Brown would have been better. Um, also, yeah, it would be awesome if Orgeron went into the league because he's still best friends with Kiffin, and True. then you could even you know they could just be a tag team partners in real wrestling. Throwing that out there.
0: Yeah. Boom. <laughs> who who doesn't watch that? No, that'd be that'd be electric. All right, so our, our teams are complete. I have Herschel, Heinz Ward, Drod Mayo, Swag Kelly. Your team:
1: Jalen Hurts, Trent Richardson, DJ Swearinger, and Ed Orgeron.
0: Okay, very. I was expecting you to go three or four Bama, but you did not. That is good. That is good. And we, you know, just to to throw it out there, Jared Lorenzen could have made the cut. The hefty lefty, aka, he ate me.
1: That is incredible, by the way. That's the best but name. He... That did not get enough love on Twitter. It was fantastic. He, ate he came me. up with that. Oh, I buy that jersey tomorrow. Yeah, that's
0: electric. So the Orlando Rage was one of the original XFL teams. Uh, not sure if they're coming back, but if they do, I'd be in the market to buy some tickets. Yes. Do you know where a good place uh, to to go and buy tickets would be?
1: Uh, why, yes, Connor,
0: I do. Uh, Ticket City. Yes, Ticket City is the quickest and easiest place to go for your tickets. They have the cheapest tickets, and all of their tickets come with a 100% ticket city guarantee. So let's say that you're in the market to go see some SEC hoops. Chris, I know you're fired up about Alabama hoops after the, the tie took down Trey Young in Oklahoma. Big win. Let's, let's, let's say you wanted to get some Bama hoops tickets. I imagine you would want to do that, right? Without a doubt. Okay, well, you're in luck. Why? Well, all of our listeners can get $20 off their SEC basketball orders today. That's one less Andrew Jackson that you have to fork over. All you need to do is go to TicketCity.com, find the best tickets for your game, and enter the discount code SDS20 while checking out. That's SDS20. So go to TicketCity.com and save on all of your SEC tickets today. Millennials, all about the promo codes. They love the promo codes for everything. I will say
1: one great thing about Ticket City, I just want to throw this out there, is... um, it's not like Ticketmaster, where you're trying to like, figure out, you just want these tickets, and they're going on sale, and like, every second that passes, your seats are getting worse. And then they ask you to enter that stupid password, which is like, written like, in a Magic Eye font that's impossible to read. Hate that. Doesn't do that. Um, also, quick shout-out, SEC Basketball, eight teams, Connor, eight teams, uh, in this week's Joe Lenardi Bracketology making the I to tournament. get me started on Joel and Hardy and why that guy That's never... his whole job. Like his whole career is predicting That's craziness. But eight teams in the SEC expected to make the tournament including Auburn having a 2 seed. SEC Basketball Conference. Oh yeah, that's real. Basketball conference.
0: I I'm just saying, just throwing it out there. Okay. So we're going to we're going to shift the, the the gears back to millennials and why we hate millennials so much <laughs> even though we are millennials. Um, so we've got a new segment it's called Frickin' Millennials. You can just hear your old man neighbor saying that to himself right now. Um, So CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd reported that the proposal to allow athletes to transfer instantly after a coach leaves is picking up some serious momentum. The only restriction would be that they can't follow the coach out. So if you were, let's say, at a place like Florida State, Jimbo Fisher leaves, he goes to Texas A&M. You can go anywhere you want in the country, you just can't go to Texas A&M. So your take on whether or not this is a good thing or potentially like a really awful thing for college football?
1: So I think it's a good thing in terms of like they should be allowed to transfer without penalty. And we talked about it last week, mainly because there's no penalty at all for the coaches. And and they just manipulate that entire system to where you can leave at any point. You've made promises to all these impressionable kids who are young. You know, not a lot of people at 18 know exactly what they want to do. Um, you know, and they, they just kind of, take advantage of the system like Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida State asking for a raise after a five and six season and then getting 75 million guaranteed so I think they should be allowed to transfer um without penalty probably just once um right because you don't want to get and this will 100% happen with millennials is the moment they face adversity or feel like they had their feelings hurt or their coach was like rude and they made the wrong decision they'll transfer immediately right so the reason that this isn't this
0: hasn't happened necessarily is because basically athletic directors are scared that if they fire a coach and their coach leaves, that their entire roster is just going to be gone. Ole Miss. And especially, yeah, exactly. So especially now with their new early signing period, if you put that coach in that position and if you lose all these guys to transfer who can just leave whenever they want, then your roster gets completely turned over and all of a sudden you're like giving out scholarships to a kid with, with, to every kid with a pulse. Right. So, I I get that side of it. I think there's a way that this can be done so that it doesn't necessarily um, allow kids to just, you know, up and leave and, and, you know, have wholesale roster changes. Right. Let's not forget though, like transferring isn't something that everybody wants to do. A lot of kids commit to a school, they don't commit to a coach, and let's not forget, moving sucks. Moving Moving is the worst. The worst. The single worst thing that humans do on a regular basis is move. My wife has moved. To ten different residences nope. in her last ten years of life. That's one per year. Yeah, that's She awful. hates it. She thinks it's the worst. College kids, let me just throw that out there. Don't move. Stay wherever you are no. as long as you can. Just never ever move. Stay there. Don't don't go anywhere. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I had to move a couple years ago. And um, fun fact about me, uh, kind of skipping to the end of the story. I'm not allowed to rent U-hauls anymore. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Because oh I took my. one off. I took the lid <laughs> off of one like a tuna can. Um, which was not great, and yeah, like, moving is the absolute worst, I, I I know. To no one's surprise, I just, I went up the wrong side of, I mean, there were signs everywhere, it was like, do not, no trucks allowed, and I was like, no, nah, I can do this, roll tide, and uh, yeah, just ripped the top off, and the back part of a, it's a $5,000 mistake. I hope you said roll tide, right? I Yeah, just through tears, it was awful, it was just awful. But yeah, moving oh. is the worst, guys, so, you know, take it from me. Save five thousand dollars, and your credit, and don't move. Don't transfer. Oh man, that's that's a great lesson. I think that that is tremendous.
0: But so we'll bring this back to why this is a, a millennial thing because Iowa State AD Jamie Pollard comes out and well, he told CBS Sports uh, for the first time ever in college athletics, a student athlete is empowered. So the NCAA is all of a sudden going to give student athletes. Power to decide where they want to go to school after they're already in school and not treat them like employees and, you know, try and dictate all those little things. So it's going to have uh, some, I think, some, some interesting side effects. They're going to have to refine it so that this rule isn't necessarily just wide open like i said there will you know they're saying transfer without restrictions but there are still going to be some sort of restrictions like you mentioned with only going to one school you just can't have kids picking up and leaving every single year so yeah it's it's, with that example like if
1: you're leaving florida state and following jimbo fisher after what he did and head to college station you got we got some other issues we need to talk about yeah that's uh but but kids will do
0: it kids commit to 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 coaches, instead of committing to schools, maybe this will just be another lesson to to reinforce kids. Just, just don't necessarily go all in with that coach. No. I understand if you're if you get a new coach, who changes the scheme and all that stuff. And you're a dual threat quarterback, and this guy wants a pro style quarterback. Do what you got to do right. by all means, pick up and leave. But like, come on, I mean, don't 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 transfer because the assistant defensive line coach left. Like,
1: hard not be to be a smitten reason. and blinded when some 5'9 coach comes in and just very very uh impressively does the cupid shuffle in your living room are you hating on five nine guys uh not at all okay i'm hating uh, oh. on bad dancing and the cupid shuffle Bad. whoa Wait, we were gonna get to that later do yeah. you want to do you want to tackle that now i'm just i'm throwing it in there now i mean it's, okay. like, we're good right. either way like I, I just i just we'll, was we'll get to it later
0: yeah we'll get to it later we're uh mr. teaser mr. sabins mr sabins not gonna be too happy with your comments about his bad dancing um so we're gonna we're gonna transition here to uh, this is a Bama related thing, um, but this is maybe something that a millennial did as well. Um, it might mean too much. Oh boy. Maybe our favorite recurring segment. I think we got to do this every week. Without a doubt. There's just always there's just always such a good example. Um, so I want you to I want you to take this because this is kind of your your neck of the woods. A Bama fan got a tattoo with a title logo on his quad.
1: Fill in the blanks here. So this was, uh, tattoos are not great, guys. Um, Unless you're The Rock, like, it's not a great look. Um, So this gentleman, I don't know his name, but his Instagram handle is jdub041. So hit him up, give him a follow, follow back. Um, He wrote, if you're from Bama, and he spelled your correctly. I want to throw that out there. If you're from Bama, you know what this is and what it means to us. Best way to cheer myself up is to get working on the next piece of my sleeve. What do y'all think? First off, tip of the cap, perfect grammar. Uh, Where he did go wrong is the sleeve tattoo he's talking about has a picture of Denny Chimes, which is a famous uh, building on the quad at Alabama, where most of the tailgating happens, across from the President's Mansion. And in front of it is a semicircle little arch uh that you would walk under that says walk of champions. Now Bama has a walk of champions, which is basically just them walking into the stadium. That's what it's called. The walk of champions he has now permanently tattooed on his body is from Ole Miss. Oh no guy yeah. that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. That's real bad. That's... But it's it's there forever, which is cool. Um Yes, this gentleman who, and then went, like, he doubled down on it and was like, you know how much this means to us. What? No. No. Doesn't mean, hey, well, it, it should mean too much. Harvey Updike I mean, is going to cut his arm off. Like, oh, like 100%. Like, that's the only way this story can end, and it makes, like, less and more sense at the same time. That poor guy. That's bad. That's really bad. Yeah. I bet there are a lot of regrettable... College
0: sports tattoos.
1: There was the Kentucky basketball one from a few years ago, like where the guy put like undefeated, and uh, like national champs. They didn't win. Oh man! Um, Why? Why do people still do that? takes exposed, uh,
0: outlaws people who do they. They have outlawed their um, their
1: coverage of people with who do the premature tattoos because there's so many of them. It's ridiculous. Can't
0: even keep track. It's
1: insane. No, I mean, why would you? I saw a Georgia one. After the Rose Bowl. But after they won, which, fine, great game. One of the best games in the history of college football. Sure. But, like, why are you, why are you getting this permanently? I have a tattoo. It's the worst. I wish it was gone every day. So does my mom. But this is, <laughs> this makes no sense. Like, like, this would be like Vandy being like, yep, you already know what it is. Three times, back-to-back-to-back to back to back bowl appearances. And then they go, like, 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 five that. and seven. Which, God, if, if that knife a lay when they called out Bama, he should get that tattooed. I He might have already had it before that Bama game. That's how confident he was. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M National Champs, 2022, while he's like the assistant offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Hey, there's
0: a rumor that Brett Bielema has uh, has an Iowa tattoo because he, he's an Iowa guy. Um, and that's why people – that's why Nebraska fans did not want Brett Bielema to be their next coach. Well, besides the fact that they – would have cried until the end of the earth right. if Scott Frost didn't come to Nebraska, but God, uh, damn, that was that a big would be reason. Awesome, so,
1: though.
0: Uh, Bielema would have been interesting. and I threw that out there, and some people kind of bit back on that, but whatever.
1: Uh, there's life, no doubt in my mind. Bielama definitely has at least at least one tattoo that he got and doesn't remember getting.
0: Yeah, without no, a doubt. I feel. Yeah, he's he's got a few layers there. It's probably tucked under one of them <laughs> or something like Jesus. that. Not hating on fat people or anything like that. No, I mean, a little Beermar bit, but I mean, yeah. A... Like, he's just,
1: those are memories that just, and are surprises later. Hey, we love Bird. So let's play a little
0: game here. Let's do a regrettable tattoo for an SEC team. I know you've thought long and hard about this. You're a man who knows a thing or two about regrettable tattoos. Give me your regrettable tattoo for an SEC team. So I thought
1: about, like, BABA fans and, like, 2019 national champions. And then, like, if they didn't win, that'd be embarrassing. But then, like, with their history, like, the school would probably just claim that as a national championship anyway. That's true. Um, I would say it would probably be the the Vanderbilt the Vanderbilt tattoo.
0: I like that. Which would just be I, like
1: like them boasting about something that's like not a big deal. Um, yeah. like going seven and five with a big anchor down. Yeah, in the
0: yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and then like okay.
1: changing their their mascot like two years later. Yeah. All, <laughs> things terrible. All things possible. All things possible. All right. Mine is uh,
0: so I want anything Butch Jones related is yes. pretty easy, but I think if you have like "Vol for Life" in you know Tennessee orange letters, and then with a big screaming Butch Jones head like right on your shoulder, yeah. right there, uh, I that that'd be pretty regrettable. Can't spell uh, Butch without UT. That's good. That's really good. <gasps> And the, the funny thing about that would be too, like, Butch obviously isn't at Tennessee anymore. And it kind of implies wait, are you saying he's a Vol for Life or are you? Or I, I don't know. But either way, it's bad. It's, it's, it's awful. I have another one. To, I, well, actually, I got two more. So, what if you just got on your bicep a champion of life tattoo yeah. in Tennessee orange?
1: So, that's actually not that far fetched. I feel like there's probably somebody that has that. Um, I have yeah. a bad tattoo on my arm. But it's it's not like that. Like that that would be. What about what if like Missouri gets like, twenty twenty one, SEC East Division champs and like that's embarrassing because they didn't win because they were forced out of the SEC and put back into like the Big Twelve. Yeah, that'd be pretty rough. Yeah, any premature tattoo. Just like,
0: just don't, just don't.
1: Do it. I once like you're, when you're I was twenty one, I was like dead set on getting one of these. I was like, man, like, I'm getting a tattoo. I don't care what it is. I'm getting a tattoo. And I decided to get Prodigal Son, which meant a lot. It's a story in the Bible. Tattooed on my inner left arm, on my bicep, at a blues tattoo attached to a Subway sandwich shop in Milledgeville, Georgia. So you could smell Subway while you were getting the tattoo, isn't that bad. You could just smell the the oven-roasted teriyaki, and just the regret all at once. It was real bad. Real bad. Nice. Still got it, so... Roll Tide! I can't see it right now. Uh, we we're doing some a little bit of
0: uh, of bad podcasting here, but um, I'm sure it's 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 absolutely it's like phenomenal.
1: the most Myrtle Beach thing about me. It is just I think I think we might have to tweet that from the from the SDS yeah, pod. Probably not going to do that. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. Um, <laughs> so
0: speaking of uh, bad choices and bad decisions that that people make, um, National Signing Day next Wednesday. Um, yeah, that's happening again. We. <laughs> very, very surprised that National Signing Day was what it was in December, and that like people were just on board to to sign right away. Seventy percent, I think, of kids ended up signing with their respective schools. Right. All well and good. My question is like, what do we make of Signing Day next Wednesday? I I,
1: Can we... It's like when your parents get divorced and you have two two Christmases. Like, but it's way exactly. less exciting. Way less exciting because you already opened up most we of your come... presents in December. It's three days long. Then this one's only one day. Yeah, I mean, can we come up with a new name for it? Uh, reverse Hanukkah, because it's like eight yes. days of presents, um, and they're a lot better than just like erasers and socks and stuff. It's, I mean, it's like the future of your program, so that's kind of cool. Do
0: people give erasers and socks for Hanukkah? Uh,
1: yes, 100%. Okay. Not all, all the time, but yeah, it's just, it's not not the, the best time. Um, I feel like if you give an eraser to your kid, you're asking to get thrown that like yeah that they're pulling the face. plug on you later in life for sure 100 percent yeah definitely um also guys okay. if you could just go ahead and tweet at us or send us your worst hanukkah gift so connor will believe me please let me know um show of hands who's got an eraser you're not gonna get i don't think
0: come on right, fair no, i don't think anybody's gotten an eraser for hanukkah
1: um no regardless though like I, most of the kids have already signed so I don't know how to keep up with who's left or like what can change in the recruiting rankings. I saw today that Georgia might sign the highest rated class in the history of rivals. Then I also saw they were ranked second currently.
0: Yeah, behind Ohio State. Ohio State like just moved into to number one. Bama's pretty much not going to be at number one, which we've known for a long time right. because I mean, they're going to have a smaller class. It's going to be the first time since 2010 that Bama doesn't have the number one class. Georgia likely finishing ahead of, Damn, I don't know how that could really change at this point. I don't point, care if
1: they do. I just hope that we spend five of our 25 scholarships on kickers. Fair enough. Well, assuming Jalen Hurts doesn't work out. That's a very good point. Let's let's not forget
0: about that. So should we call it like the late signing period? Should we call it the second signing day? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just feel awkward about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is. It, it doesn't make, like, when it happened in December, it caught me off guard. Because there's something cool and exciting about signing day, first Wednesday of every February and you know like that's what it's always been i think it's more advantageous for the players to do this now um so i think it'll work out better in the long run but like i couldn't be more confused i feel like i i woke up late for like like a final or a midterm which has happened to all of us, so yeah. don't feel too bad about that. But the weird thing about the way that this
0: thing has developed is because there were so many kids who signed in the early signing period. Now all of these three-star kids are, are getting love oh, yeah. left and right, and it's like, hey, we're you know we're getting offers from Ohio State, Alabama, like all over the place, and it's like these kids are benefiting from this, right. obviously. But I mean, they're basically pulling a Mike Jones here, and you know now they're hot, and it's well, it's like. Coaches- <laughs> Oh, wow. First off,
1: fantastic,
0: fantastic reference from Mike Jones. Do people still re- remember Mike Jones and how great he was? I don't know. I have to I mean, call
1: him on his cell phone 281-330-800-4. 8004. Something about yeah. that out there. Oh, F-O, not four. Yeah, I should have. Um, no, but like this reminds me. I would call it Godfather Three. It's not technically. As, Never saw it. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. It's terrible. Okay. Um, cool. but it, it could not be like more like anticlimactic. Um, and like what you're saying about like all the three stars getting love. That's great. But at the same time, it kind of, like, reminds me of, like, all right, you know what? I'm uh, I'm going to pick, like, my safety my safety net pick for prom. Like, I got turned down, like, three times. Nobody in the cheerleading squad, so I'm going with, like, the 6'2 girl that sweats a lot from the volleyball team. Sounds pretty cute. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, she probably has, like, great huge hands. Huge hands. Bad hands. Yeah. Hey. That's what I look for when I'm recruiting a date to prom or as a slot receiver. Um i don't know it should still be exciting i guess but like i could not be more confused on the rankings or who's left um i would love to see georgia finish with the number one class that'd be quite a, a testament to what kirby smart has been
0: able to do just to to, to cap this year with a, a number one in that people like people like saban make it out to be like uh oh, you know we, we want to have the number one class and obviously recruiting is important but we're not going to get caught up in rankings. Urban Meyer comes out and says, I want to finish number one. That matters. Like, you can throw that in in every piece of mail that you send out. We have the number one class. We have this much talent coming in at this position. Like, all that stuff. It's important to these guys. Now, are they going to sit there and say, like, this four-star kid is better than this, you know, four-star kid who, like, rose at the end? Like, I I don't know. Like, they're not going to get caught up in that. But But as of now, there are,
1: uh, I believe, six teams from the SEC in the top 25, including Mississippi State. That happens. Uh, that's that's actually it sounds like a down year though. It, I mean, it is, but like it's cool that like Mississippi State's in there now, South Carolina.
0: Yeah. Um, Mississippi State was making some nice pushes late with Dan Mullen and Joe Moorhead
1: keeping that similar system in place. is going to be able to do a lot of the same things. So I, I get that. Right. So yeah, it should be. I mean, it should be exciting either way. It's it's something to talk about before the off season, So yeah. I just I'm thankful yeah. for that. Yeah. I feel like these guys are the three star recruits. Um, they're
0: they're kind of like the the guys. I, you probably see this like. I don't know, Men's Health magazine or something like that, where they'll do a story on a guy who got dumped by his girlfriend and now he's all of a sudden like yoked, right? Like six months later, and this you're is how like, I lost wow. thirty
1: five pounds. Yeah, I hated myself for like two and a half months. That's all I did. Yeah, and all these kids had to do was not sign on the dotted
0: line back in December, and it's hey, everybody comes calling.
1: Boom. So I will, I will, I will say that uh, I'm excited to see if who people hold on to. Because I think what this does more than anything, it it kind of takes out the whole possibility of switching last minute, you know, having these like crazy signing right. day, the best of all time, the best signing day moment of all time ever was when Alex Collins announced he was going to sign with Arkansas and his mom stole his sheets that she had to sign and fax over and then just disappeared. Got in her car and went missing for like five or six hours. That's incredible. It's amazing. I, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again. I hope but, I hope it just sets the bar and it just gets even more outrageous.
0: Love it. Well, we're going to be following all that all that coverage next Wednesday. One final note that we're going to close on because this is kind of signing day related to. Yes. Got a little bit of rat poison for you. Oh gosh. So, you teased to this earlier and I'm going to throw a different take. We're we're going to we're going to spar a little bit on this. Nick Saban might be the best dancer over 60 years old that I have ever seen. Now, I'm basing this off the video that came out the other day. He's at uh, Three Star Recruit, of course. Uh, the house of, uh, or maybe it was his relative or something like that, of Eddie Smith. Guy who, you know, wants wants to go to Alabama and he has, you know, Tennessee and right. others involved. But Nick Saban getting down to some, some Cupid Shuffle. That's Not the bad. first
1: time he's done this. Did it with Jared Maiden, right? Right. Um, yeah, but that was the wobble. So different dances. Pretty style, much the same right? thing. I feel like it's going to be played at least twice at any kind of wedding you go to in the summer. True. Uh, it's a dance with instructions, which makes it great for white people. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Love it. Yeah, anything with instructions. Electric slide, fantastic. One hop this time. Um, I don't know how to Charlie Brown yet. I'm just throwing that out there. I no idea. We just but... stopped trying. I feel like as you know, as a whole, when we started doing the the Bernie, the weekend of Bernie, you just basically stand up and pretend like you're Uh-oh. asleep. That's, um, that's a good revised version but no like Saban great dancer yeah I wouldn't say the best over 60 I'm a little bit biased because I'm from Atlanta and I live like right down the street from the Claremont Lounge and if uh, anybody's been Atlanta they know exactly what I'm talking about we won't get into it um, I just love the fact that like this is his closer like this is this is like you know what I threw, I threw out like all the rings I threw out like early playing time You know, I thought the possibility of, like, you being a backup that has to hold Makai Brown off on the sideline if he tries to fight another player or coach, didn't go for it. What should I do? Hit it. Yep. do your dance. That's fantastic.
0: (laughs) But it's smart because he knows that it's going to go viral. People like us are going to talk about it. That kid, that video is going to get retweeted by everybody. I mean, right. That, you know, it's it's a smart move by Saban to just say, hey, all I got to do to get this guy. But he's, what I think is, it says, says even more is that he's doing it at the house of a three star recruit. Saban, you know, like, what did he do? He, like, gray shirted a top 100 recruit last year, and now he's yeah. going to a three star recruit. Therese recruits Parks. House. So, yeah, I mean, signing day is, you know, it's a change. And if Nick Saban is getting down with the Cupid shuffle and, you know, doing it with a smile on his face and Ugh. no issue whatsoever, that's that's the world we're living in. Nick Saban knows millennials. He knew that that thing was going to go viral, and he wasn't afraid to
1: show off that he's
0: got some moves. And
1: again, once he's gone, and Bama kind of starts to go a little bit downhill, I'm already dreading the fact that our then-coach will end up being like twerking for like a two-star long snapper, and everything's just going to go downhill. <laughs> it's going to be, I mean, ugh, already dreading that. Oh
0: twerking for a two-star long snapper. No one's above it, I'm just
1: saying. Just, I mean, <sighs> I, I'm not looking forward to it. I think I think you should trademark that. That's, as soon as we hire great. Kiffin, and Kiffin is like in the living room, some shag carpet and some trailer somewhere in like Watumka, and he's just twerking to whatever Pete Pablo songs out, oh, or Mike Jones. Hey, we're gonna bring Pete Pablo back. We're gonna bring Mike Jones back in. The
0: XFL is coming back. I think we've had a very very productive show today. We brought a lot of things back from the dead. Yeah, really. Well, I don't, the XFL wasn't dead. I mean, oh, it, it was, definitely was. It was resting. It was resting for a little bit. So on that note, let's let's wrap things up for uh, for the day. If you're not already, make sure you're following following us on Twitter at the SDS Pod. Also, make sure you follow at SDS, at C J Guerra, at
1: C Marlar Comedian. I'm gonna have to change that handle. immediately. Uh, I love it. I, Keep I it mean, comedian. I do stand up comedy, but like, I just know that it's gonna be a lot of hate on that. Yeah, they're gonna be like, oh, you're a comedian, like thought you'd be funnier yeah. or something like that. They're gonna I say it like way more aggressively, but yeah, it's I mean, pretty much. But no, definitely make sure you uh, you uh, follow and subscribe to the podcast and you know leave a little review. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about next week, more wrestling, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, whatever you guys uh, have as suggestions, let us know. We like five-star reviews. Five-star reviews are really, really good. We appreciate. And make those. sure you go to the right podcast because several times this week when I went to go look it up on Twitter, um, and I was sober, I going to throw that out there, if you just type in SDS Podcast, apparently we're like the second most popular SDS Podcast. Is there something going on in Germany that people are just losing their minds for? Yeah. So I could I can believe that. Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: make sure you all the more reason to to subscribe to Saturday Down South Podcast on iTunes, wherever you listen listening to your podcasts, all that stuff. Thank y'all for listening and remember, it just means more.